From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I am Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. It certainly is. Hey, you know, at least he agreed with me for once. <laughs> Do I really appreciate that. I don't know. I'm I'm always curious what you're going to say. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you ac- uh, discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage, or use blind-ninja-studios at checkout and join today. We'd also love to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppin' Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately, my friend? This just terrifies me. Cause Why? I don't know. You Sometimes I just don't have anything to say. Well, you know, it shouldn't scare you. Oh. Like, this is a safe space. <laughs> Unless Andy has something mean to say to you. He like, doesn't, I don't feel like he's mean at all. No, he's like, not. He's a very whatever. nice man. No, I nothing. Absolutely nothing. And Bjorn Bjornsson told us once, if you don't have anything to say, don't say it. And I don't. And here's why. Because I have basically just been drinking a bunch of Bells Too Hearted. So there's that. I mean, that sounds whelming. It was whelming. Um, but we did go see uh, Teacher Ben's band, and I drank Moon Man. We did. We did go see Teacher Ben's band. They were so good. They were fantastic. Man. Uh, yeah, I heard Lucy tried to re- or re- reach out to them for Kadat days. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were in Michigan that day, so they couldn't play. Ah, uh, bummer. Yeah, there was another cool band that came through, so, so whatever. They're on the list. Yeah, they're on the list. Um, let's see. Things I've been up to. I uh, went down to the garage today um, and had their hardtail pale ale. Um, I drank one of those, too. Yeah. Ellis is doing a great job down there. Just want to—they're—they're they're nice, clean beers. Period. Yep. Like I don't know what else you want out of beer. Beer, just nice, clean, good tasting beer. Good tasting beer, yep. and at a local scale, I think that, that place is just there's, always jamming. So there, there's been a lot is. of articles lately on the quote unquote death of craft beer or like the end of. A craft beer era, which I've I've found really fascinating. Uh, it all started with the like the closure of Anchor Steam, right? We've talked about that a little bit. I don't, I don't feel like it started there. I feel like well, it's, it's it started, like it, but like the this most recent. Sure, the like the whatever the surge is now, but you know it's there's a lot of a lot behind that and mm-hmm. big pieces. Other beverages like your seltzers, and then also what is what we're hyper focused on right now is the like the THC beverages are happening around us, um, but not like a, a bunch in Wisconsin, but it's not legal in Wisconsin, but it's legal in every state around Wisconsin. Um, but also legal in Wisconsin, but in also some certain somehow, ways. How, yeah. yeah, it's whatever. Uh, in any case, uh, there's a million different choices for beverages right now, and then also whichever the drinking age generation is, whatever that's called now, um, aren't drinking as much just in general, mm-hmm. and that all contributes yeah. to it. 
which I don't understand. Like, do they have more optimism or more nihilism about shit? Because, like, as a millennial, pretty sure we just drank because we had nothing to look forward to. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was before the millennial generation, but you're you're same. one of those zennials. Like you're you're on you're on like that edge yeah. of millennial in general. 80, 81 to eighty three. Yeah, and I'm eighty one. But anyway, it's it's a whole lot of that, and then a whole lot of you know alternative beverages. I, I think are you know weed and all like other and seltzers. Like mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is. Also, you know, I mean, peaks and valleys, and this was very popular for. Many years, yeah. and I don't know, people just get tired well, of shit. Well, and I've been saying this for years, and I think it, I'm finally going to be vindicated. Um, I think that now that the bubble is quote-unquote bursting, that the hyper-local is going to be fine. Places like The Grudge and Pitchfork, like, that haven't really, like, gone gone for that, like regional status i think they're going to be fine their base isn't going anywhere it's like it's always been the same like they're stable well i mean another thing is there, it's a bike and brew so there's another end there's another end holding it up and or like and then pitchfork has the brew pub aspect to right. it but even if it was just a like a hyper local brewery their base isn't going to go anywhere pizza is low overhead mm-hmm. but i know that Pitchfork puts a ton of like money and energy and like the meat and everything that goes into their food. So I'm sure it's a little bit less, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's a tough landscape. It's a tough market. Um, hopefully grain prices have come down. I honestly couldn't tell you, but um, they were through the roof suddenly um, because supply chain and bad well, also years. And you have you have a few years where we don't have any rain, then you don't have any grain. Well, there's that too. So I don't know. We're rolling into an El Nino cycle now, and so we'll see what what's what. Ah, uh, yes, that's Spanish for the Nino. <laughs> Very good, man. You've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Andy says uh, eighty-two. I feel between two. Uh, oh, UK craft breweries are closing at a high rate as well. Um, a lot haven't recovered following COVID, and the cost of living crisis is hitting there as well. Yeah. And I think the whole thing is it's inflation is really very, hitting these small real, businesses. Real. But speaking of small businesses, we have a beer that we are going to try today. Uh, we try to do <laughs> things that everybody can taste these past two weeks. We haven't we haven't done that just because we have a couple of beers that we're excited about. Uh, last week was the Sun King um, Gen Con beer, which well, also we're still on you the tails of. Seem to be finding ESBs all over the place, which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, not to give Andy too much credit, but English beers are amazing. So they really are. So <laughs> let's you know. I don't know if I like them better. Th- I don't like them better than German beers, but. I like them differently than German beers. I like German cool. beers. Cool, you just kind of high-roaded me there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick by my statement. <laughs> I like my German beer, and then, you know, UK is I like UK beers by the pint, German beers by the liter. Yeah. Alt-Bersch. 
Dunkel. Let's so uh, we're pouring a beer from Pitchfork Brewing, which I don't think is available outside of their tap room. The so. last two times that I went to Pitchfork, I saw that there was a 9% Belgian triple, which is... I have a fun story about this beer. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe I like Belgian beer more than German beer. Oh I think God. you do. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I know that you do. <laughs> I've been to Belgium, and I have had Belgian beer in Belgium. But so Andy's the last, like cask all the way. You're not wrong, man. He, Andy likes warm, flat beer. Who doesn't? <sighs> You're right. <laughs> anyway, the uh, last two times I've been to Pitchfork, uh, Rocket Fuel, which is their 9.1%, 35 IBU um, Belgian triple, and... I, both times I was there, I was like, oh, I shouldn't drink this right now because I you know, got to drive home, obviously. So I didn't. I didn't bother. And then I mentioned that to Mr. Wally and then uh, got a couple cans, and here we are. So I took my dad to Pitchfork for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Well, so his birthday day, we went for a bike ride, we yep. went mountain biking. I took him to Pitchfork, and then I took him to Oliphant right after. Nice. Right, right. Or oh, maybe it was Father's Day. It was one of those two. Whatever. It was a celebration for Dave. And he's like, oh, like, I keep seeing that Belgian up there, but it's 9%, and, like, and I've never been able to try it. And I'm like, I'm driving. Go for it. And so he had it, and he's like, oh, this is so good. I'm so excited. And then we went to uh, Oliphant, and he had three more, and he's like, I'm drunk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. Also slightly wholesome. It was very wholesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I also remember the first time Mike brewed this. He came out. Um, I, I walked into the brewery, and he's. And I was like, hey, how's that Belgian doing? And he's like, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a hot minute at Pitchfork where nothing on their menu was under 7%. I don't see any problem with that. <laughs> I kept telling Mike, Mike, I need a five percenter here so I can come yeah, in and have two. So we can watch wrestling <laughs> all day. <laughs> this is back in the day when they barely had a TV. So. Oh, that's true. I remember the old tap room. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. What this is a really here? good Belgian okay. character. Okay, so. Like spicy candy. Definitely spicy candy. The banana is dialed lower. It's very low. It's more clove than banana. The, yeah, there's like, uh, yeah, a shitload of clove. What do we know about that? We know that clove picks up better when the fermentation temp is a little bit lower. Yep. So there's less esters, which is banana, and then phenolics, which is like your clove and what we're Smelling this, and the interesting thing about this beer, too, from the phenolic clove is that there's, like, a mix of them. It's not just, it's very, like, there are different levels to it, which is interesting. And then there's a little bit of, like... I'm picking up just a little bit of, like, alcohol heat. Oh, my God, I was literally just going to say that. (laughs) And that's 100% fine for this style, and why? Because... It's super dry. You're going to, like, pull a lot of stuff out, and what you're going to get is 
uh, yeast phenolic and also alcohol. Well, Andy's like, oh, I'm just going to crack open my Rochefort 6, so. Man. <sighs> we should be in Europe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe we will someday. <laughs> hey, we've how many patrons two have we met in person? So it's not out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, um, flavor-wise, um, sweet. I like immediately. I'm like sweet, and then nothing. But then nothing. Then dry, then and then dry stretch body. Right, stretched, and with. A stretch there's almost a cider like quality. Uh, I'm getting a or more of honey in this one. It's just it's just kind of stretched. Um, I'm getting it, a honey aftertaste. That's that's exactly what it is. Like it's yep. like um like a tart honey on the on the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. Same and a little bit of apples. Like I said, apple cider when the body stretches, it tends to happen. So this is all pretty par for the course. Um, this beer is, is it is dangerous. This does not taste nine. It does not, and it is dangerous. There's no alcohol burn. It drinks super easy. I mean, the body is. There's still like a. There's body up front, but then it but it vanishes. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, a ghost. It's interesting. So like, you know that um, that opening scene of Ghostbusters when they're in the library. <laughs> is that where Slimer comes in? No, no, no. That's oh. uh, that's like halfway through the film. This is the librarian who oh, leaves yeah, the yeah, ectoplasm yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is like getting slammed with librarian and then vanishing, <laughs> and you're left with like some ghost knot, and you're kind of okay with it. <laughs> you're kind of okay with it. <laughs> anyway, this this is a delicious beer. That's I dig a terrible it. Terrible metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Icebox. Oh, it is Steve the the retired cop on the. Okay, yeah, I thought it was Steve the cop on the on the can. Steve. <laughs> Mike Fredrickson says, it's always better consumed with Steve signing bottles with a cape on, but that may just be me. No, I completely agree with that. That sounds great. Why don't we have a Steve signed bottle? I mean, we have these cans. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I might have, if they bottle released it, I probably have one. You have a lot of stuff bottle-wise. Well, that entire rack up there is Pitchfork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot of beers. And then I have more in the cupboard. Should we should really do like a vanilla rose night. We should. We should also talk about Icebach. Yes. Oh, yeah. That one. <laughs> you distracted me with Fredericks and Tex. Sorry. This is on you. I don't know about that. I think this is a you problem. Mm, I think it's an us problem. <laughs> That's fair. Well, that's why people listen. All right, so this is style 9B of the BJCP style guidelines. Um, I titled this episode Forgotten Styles Icebox. Yeah, that was perfect. Like, when you send the notes today for both episodes, I was like, yep, these are going to be good. Um, because you don't hear about Icebox anymore. 
Never. And there's like some really neat techniques. Well, I can only think of one, but well, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, the 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 commercial example that the BJCP style guideline has is Kumbacher Icebach. Um, so, Icebach overall impression: we're looking at a strong, full-bodied, rich, malty, dark German lager, often with a viscous quality and strong flavors. Even though flavors are concentrated, the alcohol should be smooth and warming, not burning. Um, I think is uh, the Sam Adams beer. Is that an Icebach? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Utopius? No. No, I think they just keep throwing yeast at it, don't they? Like higher, like from our the episode before this, we were talking about yeast tolerance. I mean, but it's 28%. So before I think we can answer that question, we need to like probably understand and define how like... Uh, freeze distillation works. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I got ahead of us a little bit. Right. Do we know that Utopias is freeze distilled? So, like, freeze distillation works because water freezes at 32 degrees or zero Celsius, and ethanol does only at like 173 below Fahrenheit or 114 below Celsius. So, the amount of alcohol in icebox depends on how frozen the beer gets. And then when you're in a commercial setting, the, the, you're going to, it's going to be 25 to 28 or negative four to negative two C. So at this temperature, about one quarter of the beer's water freezes. And then icebox have an ABV of like nine to 12, uh, not usually more than that. And so, that answers, I think, your question yeah, there. I sorry. So right now, this episode is following my brain instead of the script, and we should do the script. Oh, I'm not looking at the script. I know, I know. But like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, I gotta jump over here. All right. So overall impression: strong, full-bodied, uh, malty, dark German lager, often with viscous quality, strong flavors. Even though flavors are concentrated, alcohol should be smooth and warming, not burning. Um, so it's basically a Bach, right? We have a Bach. Well, is it? It's a Bach, yes. But is it a Doppelbach or is it a Maybach, though? Uh, Doppelbach. You sure? You sure about that? Characteristic ingredients, same as Doppelbach. Okay, but also look up Maybach. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, all right. Is it brewed in May? I don't know. Or brewed for May, I suppose. I don't know. Is it? Like... <laughs> I don't have the. I, I I'm just saying, like, like the you can a, any any beer can be a a Maybach. Oh, I didn't realize this. What? Um, BJCP combined Maybach and Hellesbach. Yep. Into a single. So, like, hell is the German word for light, light, and yeah. then. Doppel is dark. Well, or dunkel is dun dark. Dunkel. Yeah, uh, so doppel is double. No. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so you have you have this Bach. Because uh, you Bach. could do a Weizenbach. Yeah. Wheat. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, 
So, well, I mean, so if we look at the appearance, we're looking at deep copper to dark brown in color, often with attractive ruby highlights, good clarity, head retention, maybe moderate to poor, off-white to deep ivory-colored head, pronounced legs are often evident. Um, but, so essentially you have, you have this lager, um, and, or like, basically the, the ingredients are the same as the Doppelbach, but it's produced by freezing a Doppelbach, Doppelbach-like beer and removing the ice or freeze, uh, basically freeze distillation, thus concentrating flavor and alcohol as well as any defects present. Commercial icebox are generally concentrated from anywhere to 7% to 33% by volume. Um, so these kind of came about, uh, so originated in Kumbach in Franconia in the late 1800s, uh, although the exact origins are not known. Fables uh, describe it as coming from beer accidentally freezing at the brewery. So, weather in Germany is very similar to weather in Wisconsin, right? Deep winters, a whole thing. So, I could see you having a locker cave that gets a little too cold. Yeah. Especially, like, things that are closer to the front. Yeah. And now you have giant chunks of ice of basically just, you know, like ice in them, and you pull those out, and now you have a higher concentrated beer. Historically, that's kind of how that happened. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. The question I have for you, Brian, is why don't we see them anymore? We kind of talked about this. Like, people aren't drinking as much, and... You know, the same way that we are marveling about the fact that, or in the last episode, that we were marveling about the fact that you were very recently finding a bunch of ESBs. Mm-hmm. Like these styles, people aren't interested. Like they're interested in the IPA. They're interested in like shock styles, like, you know, big, you know, stuff like that. Barley wine. So Icebox. I don't know, I guess I kind of killed my own point there. I don't know. Like, why wouldn't people be into, like, this big so crazy icebox? if you Maybe. have a 33... So, I guess my, my question is, as a brewery, legally in the U.S., you're limited on what you can do. You can only do fermentation. Yep. You can only use certain ingredients. So, I mean, like, does this... Is this technically dis- distillation then? Well, no, but so it's not... So why wouldn't you see people doing like icebox old fashions, right? Like once you hit like that 33%, like you're getting a lot of liquor characteristics. Right. Absolutely. I mean like the what is that's the, what, uh, so 33% ABV is 66 proof, right? Yeah, and like did didn't Utopia's um like won a sh- like a sherry contest yeah. or something like or was like yeah so 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 you're looking at like very sweet um liqueurs basically right why aren't we seeing breweries having that as their option for liquor drinkers uh there's like from from a production standpoint what are the issues with getting your tanks down to freezing and then pulling ice out yeah, or, or well, I guess draining, draining. So like, if you take your fermenter down to freezing, freeze your freeze your beer or the liquid in it, and then pump out to a bright tank. It it's very likely that the like ATF 
has in at least in the United States has something to say about that like they wouldn't want people drinking beer that high in ABV and it's kind of piggybacks on the some of the breweries that are like if we serve you THC products we are not serving you alcohol so there are rules yeah there are rules well that, yeah but like right. but what's the difference between three nine percent beers and one 33 percent beer i don't you know write the laws no no i, I know i'm just <laughs> these are all just like questions I'm, I'm i'm trying to figure out why we don't see icebox uh, Andy says that BrewDog has one with that's forty one percent called Sink the Bismarck. Yeah, guaranteed they're able to like yeah. serve it there. But. but it's just it's. Well, did it even come up in conversation though? Like when when you have been working at commercial breweries, like was there any point where somebody's like, "Why don't we brew this icebox?" Well, I mean, brewing it on a larger scale, <clears throat> for one, is shooting yourself in the foot if you're. Brewing a style that nobody's going to drink, which, I mean... Well, one, nobody's drinking box. And then we're going to take one and we're going to cut our volume in half. Yep. And then, like, pull all that water out of there. It's, like, more like pulling it in three quarters than half. But, yeah, it's just, it's a waste of money. Like, (laughs) so so is bourbon barrel aging. It's a giant waste of money. Well, I mean, it didn't used to be. Oh no! Like you, you look at um, people aren't going to pay that much for that anymore. Yeah, like steel toe and stuff like that. You know, like, if you don't like run the actual cost analysis on it, you aren't going to know how much money you're actually losing. So there's that. So the reason we don't see commercial ones anymore is it's just not around. No, and you can. Well, it's just it was not cost effective. Just like. drink actual alcohol. <laughs> so if we wanted to brew an ice block, how would we do it? Well, so you'd want to brew, like I said, the Bach. It could be any Bach, really. The quicker way to get there would be to do a, bo- a doppel Bach. Um, you know, kick the ABV in the ass right away rather than just brewing like a My Bach or like a Hellas Bach, which are basically the same thing. My To clarify, My Bach and Hellas Bach are like, kind of like a blonde. It's It's the the midpoint between straw and golden yellow and my Bach is just like the lager beer that is brewed in May, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. So if we were going to brew it, we would need to freeze the fermentation vessel vessel post fermentation. And I can tell you having brewed one, Ice Bach ever. Oh, you have? Yes. Uh, if you're using a, a Cornelius keg or like a metal keg to like finish the beer and actually freeze it after fermentation, there is a certain point when you shake it that like th- the ice that has formed will like clink around. And so having anecdotal you know, information from somebody that brewed a lot of ice bock. They were like, after this many days, you're going to shake it and you're going to be like, okay, I know it's clinking around and then it's done. And just like everything else, like taste the wort, you know, taste, taste the beer, like taste it if you can, 
you know, like in a professional setting, you have this wickle and you can taste it all the way through and, you know, they'll figure it out. But yeah, so what I wouldn't do is use glass. No, that seems like a terrible idea. Uh, plastic sounds easier too, and you're probably going to need like a freezer or something that's going to get it Or down. the outdoors. But that's not as like regulated. Like you can put a regulator on a on a refrigerator. I I'm I'm thinking like if I was gonna do an ice box, me personally, like yep. this doesn't. This is for this is very specifically for people in my climate. I wait until I I'd brew it November, like end of November. I brew it around Thanksgiving, and then let it lager. Until about January 1st. And then hungover as shit. I take that fermenter and I just shove it outside. Yeah. Plastic or... Plastic or stainless. Stainless. And then... I let it do its thing. Like, under... Like, in some shade. And freeze. So, we get... From January to, like, the end of February... We get maybe like seven days that are above zero. It's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, zero, uh, zero Fahrenheit. Celsius, we don't see, like, after December, we don't see uh, positive Celsius until March, April. But yeah, so that's what I do there. Yep. Uh, I will. I will say that this is another one that probably needs to be conditioned for a while. Oh, I think this would... I think if you did the ice distillation and then put it in a barrel, I think that would be perfect. That would be amazing. Like, let it sit in a barrel for six months, pull it out in July. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Like, I, I had luck putting the corny keg down to like 28 degrees and after I don't know 24 hours or something like that like it it'll start to get slushy so when you when you did in the corny keg did you transfer the liquid out yeah okay yep after I don't know it was around it was a like a day like so was, you basically did like a closed transfer into another keg but it'll it'll clink around <laughs> you'll be able to see it in the plastic fermenter if you so you just need to wait for the solid mass to form. Like once it's slushy, it's not quite there, but you need the solid mass. Yep. Yep. All right. That's what I know. Anything about icebox you'd like to add? No, I mean we didn't really go into a recipe or anything, but I mean, it's a Bach recipe. Uh let's make one quick. Oh, all right. Why not? Fine. Give, uh, give me a Bach recipe, Brian. Give you a Bach recipe. Okay, well certainly we'll have German Pilsner in it, and I can tell you that yep. right now. Um since it's golden it, yellow, it's very likely Pilsner. And since it's a Bach, we can do some um, aromatic malt, definitely some Munich to layer. Uh, if we're not, if it's not going to be too dark, actually, that'll give it a little bit of SRM. Um, if we're looking for more, I would do like uh, when I a think, Dehus Carafa. Yeah. Yeah, like one or two. Yeah, probably two, probably not three. Unless three, it would be like a little tiny hand. Just like a few grains. 
Yeah, but I mean, you want to you want to layer. So yeah. we're you know talking about a few like interesting adjunct malls, and actually like and anything you add is going to be accentuated by the crisp distillation. Forty five, maybe. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like or Simpsons medium or shit DRC, like Simpsons DRC. Would oh. Be. Like in a small quantity? DR, yeah, it'd be, have to be a super small quantity. Otherwise, you're, Well, same, same Carafa 3. Like you're trying yeah, to do the same but thing. but like DRC, you're going to get more roast because the husk is there. You're going to get astringency. If it's in a tiny amount, then... I, yeah, yeah. If it's, a, if it's a small enough amount, you're probably fine. So that. And then German... As German as you can get yeast for a Bach... At the highest alcohol tolerance that you can find, because the higher you start, the higher you're gonna end. Yep. Like, and then remember, you know, put a nice starter together. Um, let it go, ferment it like you would. Like, do your diacetyl rest and everything. Yep, I do just traditional hops, sazer, and then yeah. That's what I know. Sounds good. <laughs> I got nothing else, man. That's I'm going to play the right music, though, for our outro this time. Oh. <laughs> I was corrected. Funny. House-made music, anyway. This sounds way better. <laughs> All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and just an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindnewsstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace! Yes.